0: It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome in, Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mike Evans, myself, Mark Schlereth, Scott the Huff, producing the show. Uh, Brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Sweet Sweat, the great people over at Sweet Sweat. I tell you what, you want a great workout. You want to burn some extra, I don't know, just sweat and and. I, sweet sweat check them out at SweetSweat.com. I always use the sweet sweat belt around my waist throw a little of that coconut oil cream or whatever the hell that stuff is I don't know what it is it's like magic is what it is it's like straight-up magic and you want to talk about working a sweat and also warming up kind of your joints and doing that stuff. Uh, that's Sweet Sweat. Plus, they've got all kinds of great products and all kinds of, uh, I use their bands, their training bands, and all the different things, um, all the different equipment to get yourself in tip-top shape. That's Sweet Sweat. Check them out at sweetsweat.com. You know, you're, you're getting me one of those, those belts. I'm I'm looking, I'm looking yeah. forward to it because uh, I could have used it this weekend. I did a lot of yard work while i was self-isolated yes and um yeah that would have been great have that on work yeah. it out you were it telling me you worked you operated the uh the uh working end of the rake and i was like wait you were a skeptical. minute yeah i you was were like skeptical. wait a minute right, i rake right. too and then i i boom i sent out my thumb and i showed you my my raking blister yep. from the inside of your thumb anybody who's raked or yep. shoveled understands and um not sure enough yep. you have a raking blister yep. so you are not uh, lying to me about raking, you actually were out there leaning on a rake. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, spent a lot of time back in the days of Mike's Landscaping and mm-hmm. Heron Corp and the Town of Atkinson, working on a lot of a lot a lot of raking. I used to have the remember. Do you ever work for a landscaping company? Sure. Yeah. So remember the big rakes? Mm-hmm. Not just these rakes, you know, with the like, you know, the the, the little tines, little tines. Yeah. Talking the the big rakes where yeah. it's got about a a rake. Radius of about uh, three, three feet. feet yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, you get so much done with that. Yeah. Oh man, I had a guy. I worked with a guy named uh, Al Barney, who was just an animal when it came to raking out, you know, new lawns and stuff. I mean, uh-huh. that guy could just get so much behind that rake. We were in awe of him. Really, um, raking legend. Yeah, rake legend. <laughs> Party. Great rakers of genius. <laughs> yeah. Great rake. Right? I mean, for crying out loud. But hey, it was that kind of weekend, wasn't it? How you know, yeah. how did uh how, how did how did your weekend go and what did what did you observe? Yeah, you know, I, I mean it was a beautiful weekend here in Colorado and and essentially um you know, we just my wife and I hung out at the house. I got a lot of work done. I, I did a lot of raking. I raked the whole yard out. Um, I did run a couple errands. I went and picked up some fertilizer and did a couple other things. But you know, pretty pretty empty in the streets of Colorado. Pretty empty at the stores and stuff. And so for the most part, I just stayed home and we watched a couple of movies yeah. and you know, and and just kind of I mean obviously watched the news and saw what was going on. Um, definitely trying to trying to maintain you know the the whole buzz term of social distancing and yep. trying to be careful and make sure that uh, everybody's protected and doing the right thing and and you know one thing that was interesting this neighborhood that I live in there's how many people normally you just don't see a whole lot of people out how many families were out yeah. like riding their bikes and kind of hanging out outside I mean and and I saw so many people as I was raking that you know walking dogs and doing all those things that um I think it, it that part of it was kind of, that part of it's refreshing, you know, an opportunity. Anytime you look at things, you know, I was telling you this kind of how you look at tragic events in your life kind of through a what I call a God's eye lens. And one of the things that, that happened to me, and, and I'll just kind of tell this story, is so I was watching people kind of gather together as families, right? And I think that's... I think that's a real blessing to what's going on right now, especially if we get sequestered or we get uh, quarantined. How much time you're going to get to spend with your with your family, connecting? And I think that's an important aspect to this. But I was telling this story, and and I think it's it's poignant how you look at life through this. This lens, You know, how you can look at it from this tragedy and this tragic lens, or, or how you can kind of change that. And I call it having a God's eye lens to look at things and, and see a different perspective. What's the good that I can learn from this? Where can I, you know, where can I grow from this? And one of the things that happened to me in 1993 going into the football season it was really, I just didn't feel right. I felt bad, felt sick, felt there was something wrong. And I played the entirety of the season, um, and was playing like absolute dog shit. I mean, I was awful, just awful. And I didn't know what was happening. One day I wake up and my toes are numb and I think, well, maybe my tape was too tight from yesterday's practice. This is like Thursday. And by the end of the day, my whole foot's numb. And then it goes into my other foot. And I'll never forget, I'm Saturday, Saturday night, I'm sitting in my room in New York City because we're going to play the Giants the next morning. And... My feet are completely numb and my hands are starting to go numb. And I'm like, something's dramatically wrong, you know. And I talk to the trainers. I talk to the doctors. I get ready for the game on Sunday. I don't have any feeling in either feet, either of my feet. And both my hands are completely numb. And I go out and I play because I'm stupid, seven, eight plays, and I'm stumbling all over the place at the Meadowlands, and, and I pull myself out of the game and say, you know, I'm really, there's something wrong. We fly back to D.C. You know, everybody else goes home. I go down to the Arlington Hospital. I check in. I spend the next eight, ten days there um, just being poked and prodded and trying to figure out what's wrong, all kinds of MRIs and CT scans and different things going on, thinking maybe I have a brain tumor or whatever the case may be. And eventually I get diagnosed with GBS, um, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and I end up losing all the, the feeling my arms and legs for the better part of four or five months before it starts to dissipate. Um, and so I go on IR, and and I mean, it was a miserable time in my life, right? And you're thinking I'm only in my, I think at the time I was in my fifth year in the league, and. You know, I haven't amassed a lot of money. I bought a beautiful new house, and I'm looking at, like, if this is the end of my career, which a lot of people are saying it's the end of my career, um, I'm going to have to sell my house, and, you know, I'm going to have to find a new profession. And I wasn't ready to be done with football at that point. But the reason I tell the story is because at that point, the only thing I really could do every day was I'd, I'd travel downstairs. It took me a while to get down there, and I'd spend hours making lunch. Like I, w- I literally would spend an hour, over an hour making my kids' lunches, right? And I just took so much pride in making the greatest lunches, and and I think, like I, I personally invented aerosol cheese. Like I thought aerosol cheese was the greatest invention. Of- aerosol cheese. Yeah, you know, you the- mean cheese out of a can. Yeah, aerosol cheese. I mean, like cheese whiz. Yeah, aerosol cheese. Yeah, I've never heard it called aerosol cheese. Cheese that comes out of an aerosol can. Yeah, you, so I mean, I'm making it's these cheese like, whiz. You know that. You know, where you literally yeah. put it up to your mouth. and It's like uh, right, exactly. Aerosol like, cheese. Don't yeah. no cheese like, whiz. How could I have no, not boy, invented I, aerosol cheese? No, like, boy. Aerosol cheese is the greatest cheese ever invented. Give it to you to like make up your own term. Right. So you squirt it in. You know, for me, celery sticks oh, and in yeah. between crackers and oh my god so i am just i am just killing a can right i am just killing it with aerosol cheese and making these great lunches and i started writing these napkins like inspirational messages to the kids you know have a great day whatever it is and anyhow long story short is i got into not only taking an hour to make the lunches but a half an hour writing these unbelievable notes you know to my kids and some of them were really poignant some of them were just stupid some of them were funny whatever it was you know whatever I was feeling that particular day and as as fate would have it you know I got better and eventually came back and played and but it was a tradition that I started that lasted all the way through all three of my kids graduating from high school And so when the season was over, then I was in charge of lunches and I was in charge of the napkins. And it became this great thing when my kids were going to school here in in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. They were in, like, even after I retired, they were in high school. And it became a gathering point. All the kids in the school wanted to sit with my kids to see what the napkin said, right? And the coolest thing happened is i was in my daughter's room about a month ago my daughter's high school room with her bulletin board up and still one of my napkins hangs yeah like my daughter's oh, now my, awesome. my son threw all you know he shit canned all his yeah. he didn't care right that's right but my Blew both his nose of, with him right but both of my daughters <laughs> save multiple oh, napkins that's fantastic in their scrapbooks yeah and so you know the whole purpose of that god's eye lens is sometimes you get presented with really tough challenges in your life and you've got to look for the good. You've got to look for the lessons. You've got to look for the things that your life, you know, that, that can change your life. And so I look at it and like, wow, how cool is it that, you know, my daughters, my youngest daughter is about to turn 27. My oldest daughter is 34. How cool is it that they still have those things as part of their life and um, things that remind them of, of our relationship? I think I just like, again... This is a tragic situation that we're going through as, you know, forget just the country, but the world. But there is something to be learned, and there is something. I saw that in the neighborhood this weekend. As did I. I saw so many people outside, so many kids. I saw kids riding bikes. I saw uh, the football was being thrown around. The lax ball was being thrown around. Baseballs were being thrown around. Kids were playing kickball. Um, It it was great, and it was a reminder that, um, you know, with with everyone going through this stuff, is that you need some sense of normalcy, right? Some yeah. sense of distraction, yeah. So, something else to take me away from either the real, you know, the discomfort, the sickness that I'm going through that I'm trying to get over, the uh, the 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 uncertainty that maybe surrounds my job, um, you know, and the worry that's out there when you you know watch the news or read the news. And it's why what the NFL is doing – listen, Mark, I think the NFL conducting business as normal is a good thing. And I know that a lot of players, a lot of people connected with the NFL think they shouldn't be conducting business this week. I was reading Peter King's Football Morning in America article, tremendous article, in which he was saying he talked to one owner and a couple of general managers, and they said the optics on this is awful. They said it, it makes us look like we're tone deaf to what's going on in, in our in our country, in our world. And I honestly I couldn't disagree with them more. I think I think a lot of people need this. Cause think about it. When it comes to sports, all of us as sports fans, we've been forced to quit cold turkey. I mean, all of a sudden it was gone. Right. Basketball's gone. Hockey's gone. Golf is gone. It's gone. It's shut down. And for all of us that love sports and use sports as a, as a diversion or something that we get passionate about debate, all of a sudden it's gone and we're being forced to quit at cold Turkey. I, I don't know about you, but I think the idea of NFL free agencies, free agency this week and the chance to, you know, talk about what's happening with, uh, with friends and debate, I think it's a good thing. I think the NFL should be applauded, not criticized. I, I think it's really interesting, Mike, because um, obviously, you know, oftentimes the people who hate the National Football League, and there's a contingent of people out there that hate it, um, you know, there's a contingent of people that wake up every morning that can't wait to be offended by something, right? I mean, wh- whatever percentage that is of, of people in America, like, they, they cannot wait. Like, they wake up, their daily mission is to let me see what I can be offended about today and let me go on a, you know, a a tirade about how offended I really am. And, you know, those are the people that I say, pound sand. I don't give a shit what you think. Um, the NFL is the greatest game in the world, and it's a diversion. I have not heard one person complain about Ryan Tannehill signing a $118 million contract with $62 million guaranteed and go, wow, how tone deaf is the NFL? You know what I heard them? They that, Them all saying, well, it looks like Brady's not going to Tennessee now. I mean— That's what I've heard, and I'm with you. I think the distraction is welcome. You can sit on your couch, and you can sit and watch every news channel do a coronavirus update, and you can become paralyzed, immobilized, just stuck in fear about what's going on, not only in our country, but obviously in the world. And I think this is a nice diversion. I mean I I don't know about you but I was on text message, you know. Uh text message uh what do you, what do you you know with a bunch of my oh, yeah, buddies little and chain, stuff. Little thread, chain, yeah, yeah, thread. Yeah, thread. Um you know, just talking about just talking about stuff in sports in general yeah. and all those different things and and I just think that's I think it's a healthy diversion. You know, you look at our country in general. Go back to 9/11 and how important it was for us as a country coming together, the community that is involved in just sports followers in general, when we started the games back up, when we started baseball back up, when football came back, how important that was to our country, not only from normalcy, but also from a sense of, hey, up yours, you're not going to stop us from living our lives and doing what we do. And that was an important aspect of it. By the way, think about, think about the message that has been sent by sports in general. Nobody told the NBA to cancel the season, right? It wasn't a, it wasn't a government mandate to say, hey, guys, you know, we got to shut it down. The president didn't come out and say, got to shut down the NBA season. The NBA took it upon themselves to say, you know what, for the good of America, we're shutting this thing down for right now until we get more information. And then everybody else followed suit. On top of that, how about the NBA? I mean, I, I'm going to applaud the NBA right now. How about the NBA basically saying from Mark Cuban, it started with Mark Cuban and then it went to um, Kevin Love, Kevin Love saying, we're going to take care of our workers. Yep. NBA guys just donating money, you know, basically the Zion Williamson said, Hey man, I'm going to donate. I'm going to pay all of the workers at smoothie King, you know, smoothie yep. King stadium, whatever they, whatever they call that damn thing in new Orleans and, um, For the next 30 days, I'm paying their salaries. Because he's 19. He's 19. I just, like, sports, the sports and the sports franchise and the players are the ones that are setting the trend. They're the ones saying, hey, follow us. Nobody forced them to do any of that. So kudos to sports in this country for, one, recognizing the threat to being— sensitive to that threat and to shutting themselves down and really starts with the NBA. You know, we can, people make fun of them being the woke, you know, the most woke sport and woke sport in, uh, in our nation, but kudos to Mark Cuban kudos to the guys who play in the NBA kudos to the organizations, the warriors, the nuggets, everybody's fault. Well, Mark Emmert, the NCAA boss said the moment that the Rudy Gobert, Virus uh, testing positive came out, and the NFL and the NBA did what they did. He said, from that point on, we knew we weren't going to have the tournament, right? Because of what we knew we would have to do. But yeah, I I guess my message to the NFL would be don't don't worry that you're looking bad in in doing this. I, I mean, I know I've got I got two kids, I got a 17 and a 13 year old. They're going to be in school this week online, mm-hmm. but they're going to be home. Next week, spring break, they're going to be home. More than likely, they're probably going to continue to be home for probably the next month is what I'm kind of planning on. So, <laughs> you know, you think about all the the families out there. Kids are going to be home. Uh, a lot of people are going to be working remotely from home. Uh, there are plenty of people who are, are dealing with some some major Uh, concerns when it comes to their current job or finding a job, Mm -hmm. being able to scratch out hours to work. And I I just think with all of that life going on right now in a way that we haven't had to deal with, well, probably since 9-11, that we need some diversions. We need some distractions and sports has always been a huge distraction. And there aren't many of them right now to talk about. Right. So if, if, if football is it, then you know what? Bring it on. Yeah. More the better. I've heard from some Don't people. Don't feel guilty. Yeah, I've heard from some people saying, hey, you know, the NFL is tone deaf. And the NFL, you know, you've got free agents. You've got to fly them across the country. And then they've got to go take a physical. And, you know, you're using up the resources of the doctors and in, in the hospitals and the MRI machines and stuff. And, and I would just say, hey, man, okay, chicken little. Like the sky is not falling. One, you don't have to fly anybody anywhere. If you do have to fly somebody, you've got private jets. So it's going to cost the owners a little bit more money. Well, they just signed a new TV deal. So or they're about to. So like, but you don't you don't have to go out of your way. I don't know about the orthopedic surgeons that that you know, but I don't think most of them are treating are treating coronavirus. And the last time I heard is you're not taking MRIs for the coronavirus, like, like, so we should, you know, I mean, we need to pump the brakes on that. And you can conduct business. And I'm not saying that we should be flying free agents all over the countryside. I don't think we should. But damn it, you can conduct business over the phone in the NFL. Now the true test, if you want to talk about tone deafness, if at the end of April, the NFL continues on with their draft in Vegas when MGM is shut down. Everybody else is shut down. Then we then we can talk about sure. the tone deafness of the yeah. NFL. Yeah. But I think you'll go back to the draft. You'll do it not in front of a crowd. You'll you'll do it in only essential personnel. You know, and you know the CDC has come out and said, hey, no, don't, don't gather in crowds of more than fifty. I think you can do that. You know, guys back in their back in their facilities over Skype and over the TV and everything. Like, you'll be able to figure that one out, and you'll probably, you know, you'll probably have to shut down the draft in that regard, you know, not make it a spectator sport, not have the fans there. But I think you can still do it, and that'll be the true test of the NFL and kind of whether they're tone deaf or not, but not free agency. All right. So, since we're talking football, what'd you think of the CBA that was passed? Certainly not overwhelmingly. Uh, and what do you think about like 500 guys not voting? Yeah. Uh, look, y- you know how I feel. I'm a fan. To me, it's awesome. More football. 17th game. Extra playoff games. Great, great, great. More football. More football. More football. That's me. I'm a fan. You still thinking as a as a, a former player? Good deal. Bad deal? No, I think I think. Listen, I think there are a lot of things. That you could have held out for, for the betterment of the players and the league in general. Um, But, you know, I I get where players come from. The majority of the players are the 65% of the players who focus in, in, you know, last three years in the league and, and get minimum wage. And you just made the league a lot better for those players, plus you up the practice squad, you up yep. the game day active rosters. Like, there's more jobs. That's a good thing. That part is a good thing. Um, you increase the benefits of the old-timers. Like, that's a good thing. Um, there are still a lot of things that you left on the table. And, you know, ultimately, you don't want to miss games. You want labor peace, like, I get that. You know, the guys that were adamant against this collective bargain agreement for the most have made their money. And, and they're probably right, Mike. Like nobody comes to watch an owner sit around his ass off. They come to watch players and you're probably in a lot stronger position from a negotiation standpoint than you actually realize. But the owners understand that the majority of the guys can't afford to miss paychecks. And as soon as, you know, as soon as there was a there was a response from a lot of players that said we cannot pass this thing, all of a sudden it gets leaked that the owners are talking about eighteen game schedules and lockouts next season. Like if we don't pass it, boom, we'll quit negotiating, and that'll be the next thing on the on the docket. And and you know what? They'd have gotten it. So I would say this: I knew it was a close vote. It doesn't surprise me that five hundred guys didn't vote. I knew it would be a close vote. I also Wait minute, why, said, let me jump in right there. Why? Why does it surprise you that so many people didn't vote? Why if, doesn't it surprise you? Yeah, because guys are apathetic. Guys, guys want to get theirs. Really, with God, all the attention yeah. that was paid to this, that five hundred—I mean—chose not to vote. I mean, I could see them voting and and saying, "Hey, man, I I need this deal to pass for all the reasons you just said." But five hundred guys not voting? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I don't want to hear people. You know, it's, it's the same thing. We're in a political season. I want to hear people bitch if they're not going to vote. Right, all right? Don't 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 come back to me and complain about no, anything five, that's going five, on if you're not voting. Those 500 guys aren't going to complain. They're playing Madden right now. They're like, oh, the vote was yesterday? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> but I set a high score, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, like I get why people – hey, listen, man. I'm always I'm, – you know me. I'm, I'm pro player. I'm always on the player side of all this stuff. But I get why people hate players. Like, I understand why they get – you know, the, hey, you know, the, the, the old, uh, uh, honor your damn contract. And I'm like, come on. No, there's no team that honors any contracts. Why should the players have to honor their contracts? Um, uh, you know, the other, the other bad thing about this for the players, and, and this is a real, this one is real. Like, first off, the fifth year option is ludicrous, especially if you're a running back, why you would agree to that, why you would agree to a rookie wage scale, the owner's threw in like that stuff still exists by the way one of the things that's the worst thing that could possibly happen is when you held out in the past and you got fined like forty thousand dollars a day or whatever it is you know whatever the fine was the team's always rescinded those fines now there's this poison pill in this new contract that they can't rescind them so if you hold out because you don't like the contract you currently have and you get a million-dollar fine at the end of your holdout, guess what? That million dollars well, comes off the top. If you negotiate a, a new contract, deal. that's that a, a huge deal. Because you're right. Used to, it used to be – it was almost like a gentleman's agreement. All right, you're holding out. We want you here. we got to fine you. But what? once you sign, yeah. we'll waive those. Or even if you miss you miss three paychecks, we're not tacking on that extra fine on top right. of it. Right? You just right. missed the paychecks. But now – The way the the new collective bargaining agreement is written is that that fine money goes, I don't know if it goes to charity or what it goes Mm -hmm. to, but it goes somewhere, and you don't get it back. So what do you make about this uh, objection to a 17th game um, from the player's standpoint? Because we've already seen uh, a huge push towards really protecting players as it is, protecting them through training camp. Mm -hmm. Um, Teams have a certain number of padded practices they can use during the season, but they haven't always come close to using all of them, and now there won't be padded practices during the during the season. Uh, I don't think we'll get to the level that we get in the NBA, but don't you think we'll see some load management for NFL players? Don't you think the smart coaches will try to find a way to say, all right, normally you would play 50 or you'd play 55 of the 60 defensive snaps. We're going to try to put that number at 50. Yeah. The six, you know, with the idea that okay, you're playing an extra game, but we're going to do our best to basically reduce your workload. Sure. By a game. Yeah. Oh, I think that. So, what's I, the big problem? I think that'll that'll happen a lot. I mean, I think the, you know, obviously, so you're negotiating a deal, like you want, you know, you want better benefits, you want more money, right? And what are the owners giving you? The owners are still getting more money. They're still getting a lot of those things. Like you negotiated to to eliminate practice. And, And one of the things that I've said for a long time, Mike, and it's as I travel around doing games for Fox, something that general managers and coaches ask me all the time, like what would you do to counteract the fact that we're having a really hard time developing offensive linemen because nobody gets to work on the skill of playing offensive line in pads. And, like, it's a real issue in this league, and, and you've just negotiated more practice time out of it. To me, what you've ended up doing is you've ended up furthering, um, you know, furthering the, the haves from the have-nots and mitigating or, or eliminating the middle class. Because the one thing that you used to have is you used to have a bunch of kind of guys that used to be starters that were now backups and that there was there was a core group of guys, you know, 12 15 guys on your football team that were all former starters that were now backups that you knew in a pinch if somebody got hurt, the level of play wasn't going to drop dramatically. And and you've basically squeezed that that part of the workforce out of jobs. Because now you've got the halves, and then you've got a bunch of – they said 65% of the guys are making minimum wage. 65%. So what that means is, hey, we're keeping rookies and first-year guys, and those guys we used to keep that were those middle players, those middling players, we're no longer employing those guys because, let's face it, they don't practice anymore. They really never developed their skills to the point where they were outstanding players. We would rather take a kid that's young, that's developing, and is is kind of an uptick as far as athleticism is concerned versus a declining athletic player who never really developed a skill set. So I think you further squeezed out the middle class by agreeing to this deal, but ultimately it helps the majority of of young players, the 65% of guys who are making a minimum wage, and and I I think that part is good. Uh, While we've been chatting, confirmation just came down of what we were just discussing. The NFL says it still plans to hold the 2020 draft as scheduled, but the public draft events in Las Vegas will not take place. Yeah. yeah. And um it will be televised. Sure. Um it make, it might And it I makes, don't know if they're going to still uh, the one thing I didn't quite get out of is will they still have the players all show up? Well, not even that will it take place in Las Vegas? Um didn't you just say it's going to take place and still be in Las Vegas? they said the public draft events in Las Vegas will not take place but they'll still do the draft in Vegas oh. I guess is what it is all right i yeah. guess that's what we'll go with which um, i think i think mitigates some of the tone deafness that people were concerned about with free agency going on to say hey we're not going to do we're not going to do the public event i think there was some in in Tennessee last year they did in Nashville i think some 600,000 people right. showed up to the to the draft because is so. uh, saying here in this in this statement that we look forward to partnering with the Raiders the city of Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Convention Center for a future NFL draft yeah so I don't know whether or not now they'll hold the draft there if they might just hold it oh uh, okay yeah that's what I mean yeah maybe maybe next year do the draft in right. Vegas or or at least if they do it this year without without fans. Except next, you know, hey, yeah, you guys get it again, so that we can do it right. the right way, because it's it has become a traveling event, right? But I think I think if it's just going to be something that is, uh, you know, small and it'll be televised, but not in, with a big crowd. Heck, you just do it out of a you know studio over at NFL Network, you, you know, the, the NFL Network studios or right. ESPN or whatever, you know, and just do it there and um, no fuss, no muss. So yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's the news. And um uh, already we've seen uh, what if the draft was held in Cecil's basement. <laughs> you need to explain who Cecil is. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cecil Lammy Cecil is Cecil works uh, with us. He works he with us. He takes his draft. He's a very we always serious draft. You know, it's like basement scout. Yeah, the draft Knicks that you know create their own like play draft. <laughs> yeah, they play draft. Yeah, so uh well, uh, hey. inside joke. Sorry, I, good, forgot. I forgot where fo- I was for a second. It's good to have football to talk about. And And um, I, I do not con- I do not uh, come down. I don't think you, you don't. I know you don't either. And I think the overwhelming majority of people are like, hey, NFL, good for you. Do yeah. business. Give us a distraction. Thank you. Right. All right. Uh, hey, for everybody involved in the Stinking Truth Podcast, for our presenting sponsor, Sweet Sweat at sweetsweat.com. Also, Mark's All Pros, the best referral network in the country. Check it out, marksallpros.com. We thank you so much for listening, and please um, share it with a friend, share it with your uh, coworkers, and uh, stay safe out there. Keep a proper social distance, and um, nothing but blessings to you and yours. We'll be back with you later on either this week or next week, um, but we will be back with you soon.